Hi there. I'm just sitting here thinking about how powerful the Word of God is. And I'm so excited about our lesson today and what we're going to talk about. You know, I've always felt like that if I was not going to see you ever again and I had to leave you with one piece of uh, wisdom or information or advice that I thought would be helpful to you in your life, that it would be first and foremost to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and to receive His Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit and get the gift of speaking in other tongues operating in your life because it's, it's transforming. But also the power that's in our mouth and the power of the tongue and learning how to discipline our, our tongue or letting the Holy Spirit help us discipline our tongue, actually. It says, no man can tame the tongue, but it's like the rudder on a, on a big ship. And it's a, it's a little thing, but it can move mountains, the power of the tongue. And I want to share with you as time goes by uh, some opportunities that I've had to exercise the word of faith, exercise the word of God, and watch it move mountains. And, uh, you know, there's many infallible proofs that talks about in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus is alive on earth. And so there's many infallible proofs, and I'm going to share some of those uh, opportunities that I've had in my life. But <clears throat> first I wanted to bring about to us that We've gone through this outline that we have where we've established we're praying for people that are hardcore, that we they don't seem to want to get saved, and that many times they're trapped in the bondage of their own sin. And we need to establish our pure motives and why we're praying. Sometimes we're praying for them because it helps us. It makes us feel better about ourselves. It makes it would make our life easier if they just get changed. And so our motive is not for the glory of God. And we want to purify our motive and get it for the glory of God. And then we notice that there's obstacles sometimes in the way. You know, uh, a lot of what I think about recently, especially in the day that we live in, is um, uh, preparing the way of the Lord. You know, in Romans, uh, we, we like to say that God created a man to be for destruction, but he didn't. We fit ourselves for the glory. And when God, my understanding from the day that we live in is that God is going to be moving to pour out his glory. And for us to um, participate in that, we have to fit ourselves for that. And so um, getting ourselves fitted for the glory is very important and getting our motives purified and moving obstacles out of the way and helping others in our life to be fitted for that glory. We can play a big part in people's destinies. And that's what we've been talking about. So the, the different things that we've looked at on our outline, stirring up the gifts of the Holy Spirit within us. Well, eventually we got to the end of the outline where it says faith rest, and we have to get to that place where our faith rests. And uh, I was reminded of how God rested on the seventh day uh, in Genesis chapter two. You know, all through Genesis chapter one, he spoke things into be. He spoke of things that weren't as though they were, which is what he tells us to do. That's how he called Abraham the father of many nations. He spoke of things that weren't as though they were. Well, on the, in Genesis 2, chapter 1, of verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. 
And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And that, that's one thing we're going to be looking at is he rested. How how do we enter into that rest? What what does that mean? And how exactly do I do it? And um, but his work is is literally workmanship. You know, the things of the spirit are like a, a fine craftsman. There, there's not a lot of craftsmanship anymore where people make things with their hands and they carve wood and they build things with their hands. And there's a there's that craftsmanship is kind of missing from society because we use machines to do it all and we try to get things done really fast to make a quicker buck. But craftsmanship, and there's a craftsmanship of the spirit that we can learn to walk in the spirit. We can learn to hear from the spirit. We can learn to um, uh, operate in the gifts of the spirit, develop the fruit of the spirit in us. And, and that's a craftsmanship to that. And that's what God did. He, that's what he rested in. He put his word out there. It's a, a work, the work, it's, he rested from his work. And we're defining the word work. It's workmanship, it's business, occupation. And it comes from a word that means dispatch as a deputy, a messenger or a representative. So when God put his word out there, he dispatched it. It represented what he wanted done. He's dispatching it by, by his word and uh, it sent it as a messenger to go out and do what he sent it to do. The word is supposed to do what it was sent to do. I remember years ago, um, I was just believed what everybody else believed in a denominational church, which was not a whole lot. And I got hold of a, a, a Kenneth Copeland tape, and it really uh, set me on my ear because he's the first person that made me realize that the Bible meant exactly what it said. And when you read a promise in the Bible, when you read something in the Bible, it means what it says. And I've been walking with the Lord now for 50 years and, and been filled with the Spirit for 45 years, praying in tongues much of the time through all that. I spent a lot of time in the prayer room through my walk with, with God. And the power of the Word is one thing. When I first got saved, I was so enthralled with the Bible that I couldn't put it down. In fact, I would, I was feeling guilty because I didn't want to do anything but read the Bible. So I just encourage you to, to make sure that you stay in the Word of God because the Word works. Uh, I don't know if you know who Charles Caps is, but he has a radio program. He's, he's since gone to be with the Lord, but he's, his radio program, his daughter still runs. And it, she, it's his song that presents his radio program is the word is working mightily in me. No matter what the circumstance or what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. I'm telling you, when you learn to sing that little song to yourself and, and you learn to speak God's word to yourself, it will heal your body, it will solve situations. And that's why I'm excited about us looking at it. Now, one thing that came to me when I was looking at God's dispatching his word as a messenger. I wanted, because we are dealing with the restoration of women's virtues, that's the name of the program, that's the name of the ministry that I run, is the restoration of women's virtues, restoring women 
to the original power and purpose. And the book that I've written, A Woman, Her Purpose, Position, and Power, and the next one was called Woman Imagine. The first book, I was expressing my my experience and my testimony of learning these things about the importance of the influence of the woman. And uh, the second book, it, it brings out the different scriptures and gives you an opportunity to fill in as a workbook, uh, to fill in the different scriptures so you can learn, uh, you can work it out like I did and know where the scriptures are. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, uh, the reason I'm saying this is because God rested from his work. And I want to show you where, um, why the woman was brought forth. The, pow the power that's in the word, just stop and think that the, the whole universe is being upheld. The, the world is being upheld by the word of his power. Okay, so uh, the, the word going out there is creative. It, it upholds all things. It's death and life is in the hand of the tongue. And so when, when God created man, the human being, he created him in his image, male and female, he cre created he them. And uh, then he blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and take dominion. Or be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and take dominion. And then he put them in a garden and then he said, all of a sudden, in, verse, in Genesis 2.18, the, the, the Lord God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. Now, in, uh, when, when, man is for, when he created man in his image, it's a human being. And when he was, uh, when in, in Genesis 2.18, all of a sudden, it's a male, M-A-L-E. So when he, pull, when he pulls the man apart, he created them male and female. They were one in a unit, and then he pulled them apart, and they were male and female. And they're both the image of God. He created them male and female, created he them in the image of God. And so uh, it wasn't good that the man should be alone. I will make for him, and I will make and help me for him. That word for there means to declare and tell. Stop and think about this, girls. The woman is brought forth to talk. <laughs> and I think that's why women are accused of talking too much. We are uniquely equipped for words. And we're, we've been sent here. Remember what it says in Proverbs 12, 4, that a woman, uh, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Uh, she that maketh uh, a... Um, ashamed. She that criticizes him makes him ashamed and re gives a reproach to him. And so it's all done with words. Proverbs 12, 4 says, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is his rottenness in his bones. Ooh, that sounds bad. You know, the bones, the, the life of the flesh, the Bible says, see, all this Bible goes together and Proverbs is, is a great place to start. But uh, the, the Proverbs tell us, well, no, Leviticus tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. But did you know that the life of the blood is in the bone marrow? So when, we, when, a, when a wife, but any time that we, this is a principle, but it says a virtuous woman, 
A virtuous woman, that word virtue is a strong word. It's a, it's a, it's like virtue in the Old Testament was an army and it was not just an army, it was an army on the move. So it's an assertive army. It's a proactive army. So a virtuous woman is a strong woman in the things of God. A virtuous woman is a crown. She compasses her husband about for attack or protection. I've always seen it as this because he's considered the head and, um, and she's, she's the, the, she compasses him about for attack or protection. The woman guards the man's heart and the man guards the woman's head. And by the time you have this and this, you have that chain link, that life link. And so uh, it says, a virtuous woman is a crown. She compasses him, her husband about for attack or protection. But she that maketh him ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. That's, that's scary. <laughs> If you think about it, if we talk evil about one another, and especially a wife to her husband. So um, remember, God rested from his work, and he deputized his word and sent it out. And that's, that's the point I want to make is that's how he rested. How do we enter into God's rest? We have to dispatch the word to rest in. I'm not just... Uh, the, we're not talking about a resting where you just, you don't have anything to do. You're sitting around on popping chocolates on the couch. No, you, you can be working busily, but you're resting on the internally. You're resting from the inside out and your, your confidence, the pressure that would come on you in your life, you've put it off onto the word of God, how to get that light bill paid, how to have, get your marriage healed, how to get your kids delivered from drugs you put the pressure of that onto the promises of God, onto the Word of God, and it saves your life. That's why I would say to learn how to govern your tongue. You know, I, I think I want to run over there and read this real quick because this is in James chapter uh, 3. This is a powerful, powerful scripture in James chapter 3. Let me get there. Let me get there. I wasn't planning on going here. So here it is, James chapter three. And it's, um, listen to this, talking about the power of the tongue. It says, my brethren, be not many uh, masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word and, and same to a, uh, not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle his whole body. If you, if you get your words right, you can govern your entire body. Behold, he, we put uh, bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also ships, which though they are so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they turned about uh, with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. Behold, how great is, um, how great a matter a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. 
So in the in the tongue among uh, our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire, sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. So just stop and think the tongue is a fire and it's the world of iniquity. Well, you know, that also says that God's word is a fire in Jeremiah. God's word is a fire, but his fire is eternal life fire and it swallows up the death fire of the devil. So uh, we want to learn how to exercise our, uh, use our tongue wisely because it is, uh, if you if you look in Ephesians 6 or it's uh, discussing the the weapons of our warfare and our our weaponry, every bit of it is the word of God. The word is Jesus himself. And when you put that word out there, the tongue is a fire, a world or the world. It is the only world Satan has to get into our life is through our own mouths. He has no power. He robs us of our power. He deceives us in, from our, to, to, to use our mouth against ourselves. And that's how he brings destruction and brings us down. And that's why I say, if, if I had one thing to tell you before I left the earth, it would be two things, actually. It would be one, get, get born again and spirit-filled in Jesus' name. Receive Christ as your Savior and, and, be, and, and be at peace with, with the world there. And then learn how to exercise the tongue in your life. Speaking the Word of God, speaking the Word of life, and changing things. It frames the world, the world that you live in, by the words that you speak. So it's a powerful thing, and, and uh, we need to learn to discipline our mouths and, and yet, like I said, it's the, no man can tame the tongue. The Holy Ghost has to help us. But you know, when we put God's word in our mouth, he goes to work making that happen. If I sit here and say, Lord, I just thank you that your love is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, and I am patient and kind, not jealous, arrogant, or boastful, and I'll keep on like that. I'm giving the Holy Spirit something to work with in my life. And you know what? One, one day uh, something comes up and I'll think, gosh, I would have not handled that that way before. And now I'm handling things different because I'm speaking God's word and allowing the place for the Holy Spirit to work in my life. So I pray that that works for you, that you can put that to work in your life. And I'll remind us before we go today that Noah being warned of God by things, being warned of God by things not yet seen, built an ark for the salvation of his household. We're anticipating great things from the Lord in the days that we live in. Darkness, yea, deep darkness is covering the earth, and yet we have the power of his word to build our arks with and to protect ourselves and to hide out in our land of Goshen in the word of God. It's powerful, quick and powerful. So God bless you, and I'll see you next time. <music>